Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Todd Feinberg, Monday through Friday, 3 till 6, on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yep, WTIC. Thanks for being here. All right, so this story in the current that I was reading to you from, the title is Hartford's Top Paid Public School Administrators Oversee 16,827 Students. Here's what they earn to do it. And here's the list of people who make up the front office that is uh, 9% of the salaries that get paid out. Leslie Torres Rodriguez, the superintendent of schools, makes $279,000. Paul Foster, deputy superintendent, $195,000. Philip Penn, chief Financial officer, $195,000. I I'm, I'm round these up just to make it so there's not too many numbers coming out of the speaker at you. Madeline Negron, chief academic officer, $192,000. Bethany Silver, chief performance officer, $185,000. And so that's the first five, all of them making at least $185,000. The... Uh, of the top 23 earners here who work in the front office, all make at least $156,000 a year. So that seems to be minimum wage to work in failed education systems. Six, Tiffany Curtis, Chief of Talent, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging. I didn't know belonging comes along with the other things. And, and talent, too. I thought it was DEI. Chief of Talent, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging. She only makes 184.5. How can she do all that for so little? Edward Wilson, Chief Exec, uh, no, Executive Director of Internal Investigations, Security and Staff Attorney, 180,000. Fiona Davis Googe, Chief Operating Officer, 174. Jennifer Hoffman, Assistant Superintendent of Special Ed and Pupil Services, 170. Nushette Black-Burke, Chief Outreach Officer, $170,000 a year. These are Hartford Public School employees who work in the front office and all of whom are indis indispensable even though they can't meet their budget, which works out to a 20, what was that number again? $24,800 per student per year. 
Let's find out how the ride home is going. We are going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, checking in with Mark Christopher, which we do every day of the week, Mark. I hope you don't get tired of us. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, so we're just running through the salaries of the top 23 administrators in the Hartford Public School System. These are the front office people who are all essential workers, according to the media contact there. Nobody can be cut, even though they overspend their nearly half a billion dollar budget. Incredible. Okay, so where are we? We said Edward Wilson, Executive Director of Internal Investigation, Security, and Staff Attorney, $179,000. Theona Davis Googe, Chief Operating Officer, one seventy-four. Oh, yeah, we did get this far. We got all the way to Jennifer Hoffman, Assistant Superintendent of Special Ed and Pupil Services for one seventy. Nushet Black Burke, Chief Outreach Officer, one hundred and seventy thousand. Claudio Bazzano, Executive Director of Facilities for one sixty-eight. Maureen Coleman, Executive Director of Fin Management, one hundred and sixty-four thousand. What is Fin Management? Financial management? Is that what that is? Kenneth O'Brien, Principal, one sixty-two. Tori Niles, Executive Director of School Leadership, one sixty-two. Julie Goldstein, principal, $162,000. Bethany Sullivan, the same. Matthew Espinoza, acting principal, makes the full principal salary of $162,000. Michael, sorry, I want to try to say it right. Mazars, I guess. Michael Mazars, principal, $162,000. Kitsia Ferguson, Principal, only making 160. What's going on? Who is representing Kitsia? Why does she make less than all the other principals, even the acting principal? Chaka Felder, Executive Director of Post Secondary Success, 156. What does that job do? Corin Barney. Corinne Barney. Executive Director of School Leadership, 156. Sandra Inga, Executive Director of School Leadership, 156. Monica Quinones, Executive Director of School Leadership, 156. Isn't that something? So, uh, and then I want to, just for you to hear um, a little bit more about what the spokesman said about these people. I've lost my place, though. Some of the salaries may seem large, it says in the current article, but they are a tiny portion of this year's budget of $423 million. Although Hartford Public Schools are, are tackling a $24 million deficit for next year, it appears unlikely the solution will be to cut any of the school system's top 23 earners. Those are the people who all make at least $156,000 a year. Hartford Public Schools spokesman Jesse Sugarman said the central office staff make up only about 9% of the entire budget and are all invaluable members of the school systems benefiting our students. School leaders announced last week in light of the deficit they are planning to implement a hiring freeze for some positions. 
consolidate programs, and reduce expenses. No filled positions will be cut, said Sugarman. Projected revenues include nearly $417 million with expenses of $441 million. In other words, they plan to overspend by about $25 million, which leaves a nearly 6% deficit for the fiscal year. Sugarman said, all those at the top of the wage earners list are 12-month employees and, quote, work an incredible number of hours in service to our students. If any one of these people were cut, our school system would suffer, and it would be to the detriment of students. Isn't it interesting, though, that they don't view it as detrimental to students to, uh, to cut programs? in order to reduce, you know, cut the people who don't make much money as a way, relatively, as a way to, um, to try to balance the budget. He said, if you look at all the employees making over $100,000, they include principals, assistant principals, and teachers. Teachers work 182 days with students and have five professional development days. Assistant principals are 11-month employees, and principals are 12-month employees. Capital, wait, assistant principals, capital prep teachers work 11 months as they have an extended academic calendar. All have different benefits and additional pay options as outlined in their collective bargaining agreements, he said. Sugarman said about 58% of the Hartford public school budget is in direct school-based expenses. 29% is allocated towards transportation and tuition payments made to other school districts. This is an area that is growing and of concern, said Superintendent of Schools Leslie Torres Rodriguez of the last category, the payments made to other school districts. With increased tuition costs and a growing number of students opting for open choice and regional education service center schools, Hartford Public Schools will be responsible for allocating more funding towards tuition and transportation and away from school-based investments. Now, this is very interesting. Now we're getting somewhere. I want you to, uh, I want to interpret that. Again, the superintendent of schools is saying she's concerned because a bigger portion of the budget every year is covering transportation costs to get kids to their schools in other districts. And she's concerned that that means there's less money for running the schools. But as more kids leave, there's less education to provide in the Hartford Public Schools. And if more kids are opting to go elsewhere to school, that would seem to suggest that elsewhere is better in the eyes of families. And if that many kids are leaving to go elsewhere and a bigger part of the budget is covering transportation, then it would seem that each of these people, each of these top 23 salaried workers with the highest salaries in the front office, that they would be less valuable, less important, less work for them to do. Am I wrong about that? Anyway, this is the public schools for you. The system is what the system does. Not what it says it's going to do, but what it does. 
And what it does is fails. It fails year in and year out. It is a catastrophic failure. That's my opinion. What's yours? 860-522-9842. Rant line number 860-751-4698. Oh, we've got a lot of fun still to come. During the 5 o'clock hour, we will be talking, after we do the rants, we will be talking with a woman. Last week we had a woman on from Australia. I think it was last Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday probably. Did you hear that? She was wonderful. She's a small government person. And she's a small government person with a big Australian accent. And there's something about that combination which is just wonderful. It's uncanny how delightful she is to listen to. But she's she's a business person. She has a, um, a real estate agency in Australia. But once she learned the ideas of small government, limited government, no government, she got really excited. And she started a group. And she is making stuff happen. So that's a very exciting thing that I think you should uh, be well aware of and pay close attention to. And we're going to, we are going to have fun talking to her in just a few minutes. So let's talk to Justin in Wallingford. Hello, Justin. Hey, Todd. You know, uh, it was interesting uh, when you're talking about what the school system actually does in terms of mm-hmm. failing people. And it reminded me of uh, a podcast with Brett Weinstein earlier in the week. And he was talking about a, uh, an acronym called POSIWID. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing yeah. that cut. Oh, you have? I yes. uh, hadn't heard it. But yeah, but that describes. So, in other words, you, you can drop all the plausible deniability. Your system is, you know, designed to do what it's doing, which is to fail students. It's designed yep. to get you money. Yep. And so it's a grift. It's a racket. It is a racket. Well, that, that's government. Let me just play it once more for you, Justin, or for do everybody yeah. else. Wait a sec. Got to push a button, and here it comes. Posiwid. Posiwid. Yeah. Purpose of system is what it does. Right. It's an acronym. Right. What it means is. I don't care what that object claims to be doing. I don't even care what the people who built the object think it does. The purpose of the object is what it does. The purpose of the public schools is what they do. The purpose of government is what it does. That right. is to and you, can, take, you can apply that to anything in terms of analysis. It's such a beautiful bit of logic, though, to take to a system. And, and you know, given that the people who manage our systems spend all their time trying to confuse us about what they're really up to, it's good to have these little insights. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there's a, another sort of, like, Posiwit is sort of a subcategory of the money ball rule, right? And the money ball rule is, like, if he's a good hitter, why ain't he hitting good? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, in other, if, it, if it's supposed to do this thing, why isn't it doing that thing? Right. Which, you know, gets you into Posiwit, but it's, you know, you can, you, you at the higher level of it, the, the more it's general wonderful. level. It's wonderful. So you heard that podcast. I did. I did. I watched it. I, I watch him fairly regularly. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but, I love his mind. He's got a beautiful mind. But any time you look at a, like, it'd be like if you drove your car and it caught on fire every time you turned on the engine. You're like, hmm, that's weird. Yes. They say it's not supposed to do that, but it does that every time. Right. Then it becomes the purpose of the car is to make fires. Anything else, Justin? Uh, no, you take care. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you. Paul's calling from Canton. Hi, Paul. Hi. Thanks for taking my call this afternoon. And uh, just hearing you read off these uh, crazy salaries has just got my blood boiling a little. 
Was there a particular I, uh, number that bothered you more than the others? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, I'll say this as far as numbers go. Uh, I uh, am a former community college teacher, and I have received of the Hartford Public School System. And I'm sorry, other, you have what? I have uh, received the, the final product, right, the graduates. Mm. Oh, okay. Right, I have, as a community college teacher, I have taught people who have come out of the Hartford Public School System. You've seen them up close and personal. I have. And Well, what's the verdict? They, they cannot add or subtract. <laughs> it's terrible. And it's, it's, it, uh, it's true, though. It's not even funny anymore. Um, no, I, I taught some, some basic math in my my chapter started with whole numbers, and then it went to fractions, and eventually decimals. And this is, you know, these are high school oh, I'm sorry, Paul. We've got to uh, go to our bottom of the hour break. You're welcome to wait and do another minute or two with us if you can. Thank you for the call. 860-522-9842. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Before we get a news update, Mark Christopher is there. Hey, Mark. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd Feinberg Podcast on the Odyssey app. All right, we had to cut Paul from Canton short before we went to news. So, Paul, you can finish up now. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll be brief. My point is this. Uh, We have graduates coming out of the Hartford Public School System, the New Britain, New Haven, the major urban centers, cities, and the graduates, not it's not their fault, but a lot of them do not have the ability to do basic math. A lot of them can't read and write. I had a group of students, there were six, eight or ten of them, and they, we asked them all to uh, self-address an envelope. And do you know, not one student knew what that meant. Not one student, and they were all adults, and they all came out of these school <laughs> systems. And we're and and again, it's not the fault. There's lots of young, bright children out there. Oh yeah, there. they're being deprived of an education. Right? It's a it's a criminal they're conspiracy. Getting, they're getting ripped off by these fat cats who are making 150 or more a year. I can't believe we're paying those kinds of salaries. So I'll stop there. The only I'll end with this. Substitute teachers are paid less than $20 an hour when they go into cover. Mm-hmm. So bump that up against the fat cats of 175 a year. What are we doing? And then, well, the, you know, the also, teachers are front line. 
it would seem to indicate what they actually think the value of somebody filling that spot is. You betcha. That's kind of a confession. Hey, <laughs> That's thanks gross. so much for taking my call. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Paul. So uh, Paul, at the start of his uh, call, said that he had been a substitute teacher. In, no, not a substitute. I'm sorry. He was a community college teacher, I think. And he was talking about dealing with the kids coming out of public schools, high school graduates, and what they don't know. And they don't know how to read and write, he said. I think. Was that it? No, math. They don't know how to do math. Add and subtract. Basic math. And he said uh, just then they don't know how to do, well, they don't know what a self-addressed stamped envelope is. So the, the horrors continue. On the one hand, you've got the horrors of how much you pay to provide top-notch education to your community and how little you get from the money is... Uh, the other part of that. So all around, it sounds kind of bad. If the kids aren't learning anything, if the posi-wid is the test, the point of the system is what it does, then the point of the school system is to provide a place to spend money and to create a lot of loyal voters. And this is what I discovered about the about the prison system in conversations with Leibowitz and other prisoners is that there it's all a facade. It's all a smoke screen. The purpose of all that has become, I'm sure it wasn't at the beginning, that nobody realized that this is what would happen, but if you keep pumping blood through a cardiovascular system, at some point the system becomes more important than the human being it's protecting. 860-522-9842. Rants in about a half hour. 751-4698. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. There he is. It's Mark Christopher, folks. Now back to the Don Feinberg Show. Live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. We've got rants coming up in about 25 minutes. We've got Jim Watkins in a minute. Doc in Harwinton. Hello there. Hey, how are you doing today? What's up? Hey, you know, the, the whole thing about the public schools, University of Hartford opened up a magnet school right next to them. And on the surface, it looked like it was to, to help Hartford itself. But in reality, it not only does that, but it also gives them a pool of future students. And they, they actually have a hand in the curriculum that's taught. So it's kind of a recruiting tool. Yes. Interesting. And it, but there's and nothing it, wrong with that if they're delivering value in return, right? Well, they're taking inner city kids that qualify and giving them a very good education. It, it's a win-win situation. Well, that sounds good then. No. If a university can find the funding to do that, and I've had some of the students from the magnet school, and I'm amazed at how organized they are, their study habits, and their math capabilities are. Well, and that's good news. That, I'm, I'm glad there is uh, some place they can get an education. Thank you, Doc. Teresa in Berlin. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Todd. I've often thought that if kids knew, like kids know that they're going to be passed on, 
and that they're going to be giving given their diploma regardless of you know how they do in class and you know mm-hmm. their grades i think if kids knew that they were not going to be passed on and that they were going to be held back then all of a sudden they would start working harder um you know 21 the age of 21 is the age that you know special ed kids can't you know they can be educated up to the age of 21 um I think that if kids knew that they were not going to be given the diploma unless they actually earned it, social promotion is a terrible, terrible thing, and it doesn't do anybody any good. And the kids know. The, the point is that they know that they're yeah, just going to be told. Along. They're essentially being told that what they're doing isn't important. Right. That's that's true. When I taught in middle school. I, I had, you know, 12 and 13-year-olds, and those, you know, when the kids got to be 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, you can understand that parents don't want their six, their 13-year-olds in school with 16-year-olds. And so those older kids were passed on. And the kids, you know, they're not stupid. They know it. I yeah, think it's a very, it's a it's a very bad thing. You're totally right. Thank you, Teresa, for the call. We have a guest to get to. He is Jim Watkins. Jim, welcome back to WTIC. Hey, my man, Todd. How are you doing up there in the cold northeast? We were just talking about uh, about the funding for public schools and and how uh, and and how they they the salaries for the top people are all over one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars a year. The administrators, you know, work in the office, and they're cutting programs to to balance the budget. But all of those people are too precious to to mess with, according to the spokesman. It was kind of interesting to hear, and then to hear that the uh, you know they don't really learn that much, and and the uh, you know it's not a great education that kids are getting in public school. You got that right. I heard the other day, four out of ten graduates in Chicago can't read or write proper English, and they're graduating from high school because that, they have to lower the standards. Isn't that uh, well? No, yeah. they don't have to lower the standards. They 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 just do. That's what they do. Yeah, one wonders. Uh, even you and I, I think we're around the same age demo. But you know, when we were young, we could already see the cracks in the you know, in, in the in the wall, and we could already see that there were just a little few, there were too many administrators and not enough really good quality teachers. You know, I don't coach, know about that. I just know that it wasn't an environment I wanted to be in, and I'm intellectually curious. I love learning, but I never had a minute of lo- loving learning in, in public school. It's a mess. I saw Randy Weingarten today going on about and this kind of goes to our discussion earlier about the difference between conservatives and progressives. Uh, you, you, for people who didn't see, you know, the Supreme Court is looking at the student loan forgiveness program that Biden wants to push through or, or sign through executive order. And it kind of comes back down to whether it's public education or anything that the government puts their hands on. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who take accountability for what they do and they take responsibility for it. And then there are people who think that that the responsibility to be taken care of falls on the government, like the government is supposed to step in and take care of our problems. And it's not fair to all the people that, uh, you know, that, that went through college, they paid their loans, they got their loans, they, they did everything right. And now to turn around and watch 
and see that you know, a lot of others will be getting their loans forgiven, that's like a smack in the face. It's the same thing with our immigration policy where you have people who do it right, they go through the system, they, they play by the rules. Meanwhile, a whole, whole bunch of other people get to come in for absolutely free or without any issue. So Yeah, it's offensive. Yeah, it's offensive. And that's why I'm very happy that people like Lori Lightfoot, uh, the message today out of Chicago is it, you can't be that bad and, accept to succeed, and expect anybody to reelect you. And I think we're going to see the same thing if Biden does, in fact, run in 2024. He's going to get creamed. Because What's people, your people prediction? Do you, think, do you think he's planning to run again? My prediction is he wants to run again. He thinks he can run again. Two years is a long ways away if you've been see, seeing him stumble and mumble more than, than usual. But I don't think the government apparatus wants him to run. I think that they will figure out a way for him not to run. That's my prediction. Yeah, I'm I'm similar. I don't think I don't think he can run. I don't really see any any way. Well, he can for... barely walk. But that's another story. I, but it, no, it's kind of the same story. There is a um, and it's unfair as a lot of the political stuff or the you know TV show stuff is of politics. But uh, but he. The fact that he can't walk is problematic, or the way he does walk is problematic, and the way he speaks is problematic. You know, Donald Trump is old, too, but Donald Trump speaks with, uh, with command and vigor and passion, and it reads better, that, those, those aspects, than the, uh, the feeling from Biden that he's just going to tip over. I'm always watching the ground when he's walking to see if there's some, like if somebody threw a penny on the ground and he's going to trip over <laughs> Well, I, 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 part of me feels bad for the guy because, you know, we put him out there. But, you know, if it was my grandfather... Well, he signed I, up for it. Well, that's true. But it is interesting that you point that out because here you have Donald Trump, who's famous for eat, eating nothing but hamburgers and cheeseburgers. He weighs 320 pounds, and, uh, you know, he sweats all the time. But, but he seems healthier <laughs> than Biden. <laughs> he does a lot. Although I have to say, Trump is getting big. It does look like he's exclusively just just eating whoppers all day yeah i, I think his desire is to look like teddy roosevelt by 2024 <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's uh watching our politics is dramatic the, this case in front of the supreme court i so want this biden proposal to be shot down so that everybody has to face the fact of the horrible thing that was done to us by the creation of the student loan program. And so all the arguments, I agree with all the arguments about the horrible things that's done to our country, but nobody on TV, you know, if you watch the news, nobody's making the point that this was a compassion program from the left because everybody should be able to go to school. And they talked everybody into taking out loans and they greased the wheels of everybody going into debt like it was going to be wonderful. And you talk to a 20-year-old and they say, well, I didn't know. I thought this is what I had to do. And yeah. it's a horrible thing what it's done to the country. Well, somebody has to pay for it, and it's you and me. And it's just another little bit. Uh, think of think of every time they do something like this, one more hour of your workday goes to them and not into your bank account. And but so, what do you think is going to happen with the court ruling? I think that they'll slap it down. You can't do that because you're basically penalizing the taxpayer on the negligence of the, the people who entered into that agreement. Everybody signed something. They should have read what they signed, and they should have figured out whether or not they could afford it. I mean, if you go get a car loan, 
you can't blame the uh, company who gave you the loan for charging you too much interest. You signed the document. It's like with my home loan or my mortgage. Again, it's it's the difference between progressivism and conservatism. A conservative would, would assess properly that you have to take responsibility for your actions, or a progressive would say, oh, you're just a victim of circumstance, uh, circumstances. And I think but that's the, what we're seeing. The trouble is that that uh, the Democrats represent the the people who have been convinced that the purpose of government is to give them free things. And that whole group of voters, I mean, I think it's roughly half the country, at least, thinks they deserve free stuff from the government, that that's the purpose of government. And whatever we say and whatever happens with the court ruling, in the political marketplace, they're still going to fight over who, who suffers politically because that group of voters didn't get their free stuff. Who's, who pays the price for that? Are Democrats going to pay the price because they didn't provide it? Or will Republicans pay the price because their conservative court slapped it down and that's illegitimate in the eyes of those voters? I think most Americans uh, see this. That's a great point. Uh, if you look at Sotomayor and Gorsuch, they both have diametric uh, of views of this. Sotomayor believes that those, those people who are under duress uh, are victims, whereas Gorsuch is looking at the people who paid their loans and say, well, what do you say to them? I think most Americans, if they see that the Supreme Court knocked this down, it reaffirms the American value, the American value to work hard, earn your keep, and and succeed by merit, not because somebody gave it to you. And that's, I think, the underpinning of the American system. It's not the other way where you get a handout because, you know, mommy and daddy, you know, didn't raise you right or some, you know, lunacy like that. Don't you think that's that what I just said, that work, hard work, being responsible, that's the, the character of the American system? Well, more I importantly, that, I agree with you, but I look at it more in terms of systems of government, that if you're going to have a system of government that is legitimate, then you go back to the founding documents of this country that said that it is our right to go out and live our lives unencumbered by uh, what other people want. And nobody else has a right to our labor. Nobody has a right to our creativity and our thinking and our our ideas. Those are ours to go out and and deliver to the world, and that's our money that we get paid, and the government has no right to take it. And in particular, they have no right to take it, to be flit, flitting it away like it's just play money. Well, you know, the other thing, too, sadly, and I agree with you on that, but sadly, think about what, what these kids paid for when they went to college or what they took out loans for. I mean, gender studies, uh, American socio oppression studies, uh, CRT. I mean, they really got the shaft they did, when it yes. came to getting good quality education because they basically graduated after paying $100,000, and they're actually quite unemployable. They can't Wait, write code. What's they, that $100,000? Is that for the first month? <laughs> Depends. You know, I heard today a friend uh, who I respect said that Harvard uh, has $60 billion in reserves and Yale has $90 billion in reserves from donations and when people Wait, die. Wait, Yale has more than Harvard? 
Isn't that amazing? But what, what's amazing. really amazing is why don't they help pay off some of these loans? Because well, they ultimately benefited. Why do they charge people to go to college there when they've got so much money? Jim, we've That's just a got a minute question. left. Tell us, uh, promote your website a little bit. Well, the website is coming along. It's the launchpad, speakingoutamerica.com, original articles, also links to the podcast with insights on things that the mainstream media won't allow others to say, but I will. It's a great website if you're a libertarian, if you're a conservative and you're fighting the good fight uh, and you want to hear good, objective uh, you know, argumentation, like, for example, the difference between pro- progressives and conservatives, uh, what's wrong with globalism, those kinds of topics. All right. Uh, I think that sounds good. Say stuff. the name of the website yeah. again. Uh, speakingoutamerica.com. Speakingoutamerica.com. He is Jim Watkins. Jim, good to talk with you again. You too, my friend. Have a great week. Thank you for being here. That is Jim Watkins speaking out America.com. Now let's have speaking out traffic.com from the VPS Lawyers Traffic Center. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.